get sales lessons from experts and entrepreneurs. Go out there and be the spokesperson and the representative for the brand. On how you can bring your A game in selling. Making sales requires putting yourself out there and being vulnerable. To start and scale your business. We need to negotiate for what we deserve. This is Ace the Sales podcast and here's your host Roshni Burronia. Hey there, thank you so much for joining me in today's episode where I have with me Shweta Sivaraman who is a writer, podcaster, yoga teacher, ICF certified coach and entrepreneur. What's interesting is that Shweta and myself have been connected on digital platforms for more than 2 years. In fact, she is also featured on my blog series A Woman's Voice which puts the spotlight on women podcasters because she's got a wonderful podcast called Being Miraculous. And a couple of times we've also intended to talk to each other on a Zoom call or do a virtual coffee, but something or the other came in the way and we just couldn't make the time for it. So I finally thought let's do a podcast interview with her which will be a beginner reason for us to hop on a call and take the opportunity to finally connect with each other at a deeper level. So here we are and on a side note if you do want to engage your network peer group community or previous clients a podcast could be a great way to build connections and harness the power of network to know more about how to start a podcast get in touch with done for you podcast from the link given in show notes and now join me in welcoming a wonderful person on our podcast today Hey Shweta so happy to have you here finally we could sit across each other after so many failed attempts so i'm so happy to have you with me today likewise likewise nothing like a podcast to have a good conversation <laughs> absolutely it's such a conversation starter so uh, tell us a little bit about yourself uh, shweta because of course there are so many things that you do in businesses and you do multiple businesses also of course we'll touch upon all of those things as well in our conversation but just to give a little bit brief about what you do Sure, I was I wear multiple hats like you already said, but um, broadly the hats that I wear are I'm a writer, a podcaster, an entrepreneur and a coach. I'm the founder of Being Miraculous, which is essentially a community aspiring to help people discover and live their true potential. I'm also the coach and the co-founder for a company called New Wormy that's working towards democratizing access to coaching. And as a person, I basically am a seeker. and a lot of things that i really want to discover and live in terms of my fullest life is what i do through my work and my writings and i'm also an aspiring novelist i'm writing my first uh, debut self help book which is in the works and will hopefully see the light of the day someday soon Oh wow that's so interesting to know I whenever you launch and come out of it we do come back to the podcast we'd love to discuss it <laughs> why not absolutely yes so so ashweta before we get on to the main set of uh, your entrepreneurial journey and how you approach sales in your business uh, let's pick a little bit of your brain to know the other side of you which we call uh, behind the scenes on ace the sales bts on ats so Are you ready for that rapid fire round? All right, bring it on. So tell us one thing that we won't find or know from your profile or social media or website. I think one thing people will probably not know is that 
I love being quiet. I love the silence. I love solitude. For a person who loves to speak, one of the ways I actually rejuvenate is by doing silence. So, uh, it's something that I try and do as a weekly practice in terms of maintaining days of silence if I can afford it, or if not days, at least ten to twelve hours of just being quiet. No phones, no distractions, no words, no books, no TV, nothing. So I enjoy the silence. Actually, that's the kind of uh, world I am having right now. Not by choice, but by default, because. Uh, my son has moved to us for his studies and uh, my uh, husband goes out to work early in the morning 8 o'clock and it's only me in the house so i'm by default having that silence zone so it's good <laughs> okay so should that uh, describe yourself in three words i think uh, seeker is one word i'm always curious in terms of finding out more and discovering more about myself I'm a very happy-go-lucky person as well. I extremely uh, okay going with the flow and living it at the moment. And I think spiritual. I'm deeply, deeply spiritual, and I think that's the anchor that guides a lot of my actions. So I would say spiritual is the other word. Okay, that's lovely. Next question: When I say successful woman business owner, who comes to your mind? I don't know many of them. I think uh, the first name that comes to my mind is uh, Kirti Punia. I'm not sure if you're yes, familiar with her. Okai. Founder of Okai. Yeah, she's moved from Okai from Rila. Yes, awesome. And the dedication and the way she has uh, revolutionized the way people see social enterprises and community work and uh, working towards upliftment of underprivileged women. It is something very, very remarkable. So I'm so glad you mentioned Kirti Punia. Yes. Yeah, I think oh, that was the first name that came up. Yeah. Awesome. So Shweta, let's move into our main set of uh, knowing more about your business and your entrepreneurial journey. But uh, first of all, congratulations on completing three years of being miraculous podcast. I mean, 135 episodes. So. Uh, tell me what made you start the podcast and what helped you stay consistent with it. What made me start the podcast was coincidentally one of my most vulnerable mo moments in my life, actually. So I had moved out of the corporate in terms of identifying a life that I wanted to create. And uh, I had been trying a lot of things at that time. It was six months since I moved out of the corporate. And there were just so many things that I hadn't discovered and figured out. And almost every day was a new learning for me. And I'd reached a stage where almost it was becoming hard to capture how fast I was growing, right? And the podcast started as a means simply to record my own learnings. It was just a way for me to capture all the things that were coming up in my self-discovery process and to sort of, you know, box them in and categorize it. It was purely a personal need. I always joke about it saying that, you know, I always thought it would just be my mother and my sister listening, saying, hey, great job, you know. Uh, but uh, before I knew it, the words started resonating with so many people. And that's when the responsibility also came in, in terms of how do I really add value? Because until then, it was a very selfish need. It was very specific in terms of what was I learning through the process. But then when it went out to an audience, then the responsibility came in saying, how can I really facilitate this for others as well? So that's what opened up. And consistency is a very big question. We can probably do one hour on that separately. <laughs> but I'll try and be as brief as possible. So first thing, like I said, was the responsibility. Because a couple of months when I started rolling out the podcast, there were people who reached out to me saying that they were almost on the verge of committing suicide. And uh, these words helped them and, you know, gave them a reason to sort of hold back on that and, you know, not go ahead. And so these things started making me realize that this was bigger than what I wanted it to be or what I envisioned it to be. And it was 
there was some importance to others' lives, right? So it became very, it became a very conscious process for me after that stage, wherein I said that there are people who are listening to it. That means I need to hold the medium very responsibly, right? And really only share things that were very, very true and authentic to me and the things that I've experienced and also create a space where people can actually learn about themselves in the process, right? And second, what really helped me be consistent was why I started. The reason I started was because I felt underrepresented, right? Because I had made a lot of courageous decisions in my life and I wasn't sure if my life is going to turn out to be a success or a failure. I still don't, right? I'm a work in progress person. And for a person who's work in progress, there's literally nothing out there because you only are fed success stories or failure stories, right? From people who have made it or people who have not made it. But what about the people in between striving, not knowing how the end is going to happen? but are still showing up every single day to be the best person they can be. I felt that's a story worth sharing. So that's why if you notice in our podcast, we don't bring in the successful people who have already made it happen because then it's just a fairy tale, right? You've read enough about it. I want to talk about real people who are still struggling, who are still doing their best. And for me, that became my motivation because I felt like I it would have helped for me to know that somebody else was also on the journey, that somebody else is also working every day without knowing how it's all going to turn out. And that was inspiring for me. And it turned out to be inspiring for others. So the consistency came from the why I started that people who are work in progress also deserve representation. And they are already a success for showing up every single day, regardless of whether that external world success is hit or not. I wanted them to realize the importance of what they are doing and show up for them a little bit more at ease not so like, you know, like the whole world is on our responsibility. And, you know, only if I make it to that success, I'm worth it. To have that sense of self-worth in that process, to enjoy what you're doing because you love doing it. So I wanted to bring in all of those things. And that's where the consistency happened because that why became much more important than who I was or what I was trying to achieve through the podcast. That's so important. In fact, that's something which I keep telling to my uh, clients as well who start their podcast is that... The first step is to identify your why. Impact is much bigger than the metrics that you are chasing. So uh, thanks for validating that and underlining that. Because uh, even if one person who gave away that thought of uh, committing a suicide just by listening to your words, that's massive. That's job done. So that's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. So I know you are a creator and you are a writer but uh, do you feel ever the creator block not knowing what topic to speak on or who to invite next in your uh, podcast so how do you get past that so because consistency in one is one aspect uh, then overcoming that creator block is another Absolutely. Right. So I think it is a natural process for every creator. And um, I also accept that as a part of the process there in that there might be days when the words come out very easily and there might be days when nothing comes out. Right. So you need to accept both the, both the stages of it and not condemn yourself for one and not celebrate yourself too much for the other. So uh, finding that equanimity as a creator, I think is very, very important because otherwise you get too high up in the air and too low down in the dumps and it really affects your stability right I feel that as a creator stability is very important and that comes from working on yourself right so understanding yourself understanding your values understanding what triggers you understanding what drives you what drains you these are things that you need to know so that you can create a 
ecosystem which helps you thrive right the second thing i would say is to overcome creative block is that make sure that your sources of information are legit and good in terms of inspiring you always right so as much as i would love to keep scrolling instagram and social media i know for a fact that i'm not really learning anything new or getting inspired by scrolling right so it is very important to know so for me i'm i'm a philosophy junkie right so i love reading vedanta and your yoga sutras and bhagavad gita so for me there is a lot of inspiration i derive from it so trying to carve out time from your sources of inspiration really helps right so for me it's like if once i finish my meditation in the morning the first thing even before i turn on my phone i try to do 30 minutes or 45 minutes of that reading right so whatever it is that catches my fancy on that morning but you know pick up a yoga sutra book understand a new sutra try to delve into that meaning whatever it is right so identifying and making time for things that inspire you help help a lot the third thing that i actually do is that i have this uh, notion sheet where i've captured all my inspiration writings right so any any quote that i read or anything that i love and that really connects with me through any of my books i have that as a dump in one place and any time i'm low on inspiration i simply go back there and read and one thing or the other from that list always hits the right spot and i'm back in action and the other thing i think for creative block is that one what works for me is you know when uh, inspiration strikes when you don't least expect it right so for example i have notion on my phone always ready in hand so that whenever i get an idea i can quickly jot it down so when i'm going out for my long walks and suddenly something strikes me and i note it down and then i just pick those ideas up later when you know i'm short of ideas in terms of what to write so having that wish list of ideas and capturing it because we kind of tend to assume that we'll remember things but we don't right so even because because the best ideas come up in the shower yeah. so <laughs> you cannot even do anything about it the moment you come out you have to note it down somewhere absolutely so before notion i used to have this place where i almost in every corner of my house i would have a notepad and a pen right uh, but <laughs> over a period of time tracking them became very tricky because they were all dispersed and in different spaces so digital technology helps right so having cloud note based systems on your phone really works yeah i do the same with evernote because uh, yes that is also uh, something a great tool so the essential underline and the bottom line is that you need to have some tools in your kitty which can help you capture those inspirations which can provide you that creative simulation um at the right moment great thanks for uh, sharing that uh, shweta and one last question around podcasting before we get into your coaching space is that uh, how does your being miraculous podcast which is also the name of your business and website which is i think is a really smart thing to do how does that help you in your business so in my case actually i became an accidental entrepreneur with being miraculous this was not a planned business with like a revenue model and things that were already there in place being miraculous essentially was simply my blog which was a written blog from 2016 which turned into a podcast in 2019 and like i said when people started uh, listening to my podcast they started coming out to me and said uh, what should i do in my life you know should i quit my job you know walk out of my relationship and things like that right and this was over instagram so obviously when these kind of things happened it kind of helped, made me take a step back and say hey wait a minute till now i've been sharing my life discoveries and that was easy because i know i've experienced it and i've learned from it but how do i really make that change happen for somebody else right that was not something i was trained in or equipped to 
And that's when I actually met coaching. Uh, I met a lot of coaches at that time. I had them as podcast guests or I encountered interactions with them. And, you know, it was almost like the universe signaling saying, this is the answer you're looking for. So, oh, so the podcast led you to coaching. Yeah. So I started the podcast in 2019, October. And coaching is something that I discovered end of March or April. I did not even know about coaching as an industry before that. I was that naive. But uh, I discovered coaching through the podcast and I signed up for my coach training in June. So I became a coach. I've completed my training end of September and I, I got ICF credentialing done a year later. So September 2021 is when I officially became a coach as an ICF coach. But yeah, so my business model happened the other way around. So it came from the need and that turned into a business. Hey there, hope you've been loving the episode so far. Just wanted to take a moment to invite you to Ace the Sales Club, which is a tribe of women small business owners who dream, dare and do amazing stuff. If that's you, which I'm sure you are, just sign up for it from the link given in show notes as every month we share with you tools and resources that can save you time, save you money or help you make more money as a solopreneur. So sign up for the club from the link given in show notes. And now back to the episode. Many a times people see podcast or any other content creation platform as something which is supporting their business growth. But to just flip around the table and say that your podcast led to your coaching and you becoming a coach, that is something unheard of. And that was uh, something very miraculous. Thank you. So you uh, said that, of course, uh, you came to know about uh, coaching industry quite recently, like back in 2020, I would say. So what were some of the initial challenges you faced? I know that you just mentioned that it was not a very planned business, but uh, I believe it turned out very beautifully. But uh, of course, that takes a little bit of work. So what were the initial challenges and how did you overcome that? Yeah, so first of all, it was completely new. It was not a planned thing. So that was not something that was I was ready for because... Uh, I already had another business and a day job that was taking care of my income and everything like that. But this seemed to be taking up a lot of my energy and I really loved doing what I was doing. So it was interesting and challenging at the same way. And I think a couple of challenges were one, how do you really set up a coaching practice? Discovering what coaching is, what value it is, and also a lot of mindset shift because I'm a very self-dependent and very independent person specifically. So for me to even take on that role of as a coach required a lot of work and breakthrough for me because I'm used to giving, but I'm not used to taking. But how can you really be a coach unless you're coached yourself? Unless you get the value out of it, I don't think you can show up as a good coach. So it was a lot of unlearning and relearning for me at that stage. And obviously there were multiple challenges because it's one thing, like I, I, I have experience in sales before, uh, after my MBA, one of my first job was sales and not just any sales, it was B2B sales. So I was literally sitting across CXOs and selling them our product offerings. And so it, sales is not something that's new to me, but it felt brand new to me when I was trying to sell myself and my experience, right? Because there was no company I can hide myself under. There was no brand logo on my face or, you know, on my visiting card, it was me that I was trying to sell. So there was a lot of uh, challenges in terms of, you know, am I good enough? Who am I to actually coach somebody else? You know, all the imposter syndrome, worries, uh, whether I'll actually be able to help, fear, what will, you know, what will, what if I fail or what will others think about me? Judgments, right? So many things actually showed up. So 
it was a journey for me towards actually working all of those insecurities through myself first and then to show up so that was definitely a challenge and three was that i'm not the very superficial kind of a person so i don't say that you know oh three days and you'll become a self aware person or you know three days to self transformation i can't i can't even say that with a straight face right so for me all of that is a joke uh when that was the case and i was talking about you know how do you really invest long term in your growth and uh, i jokingly say this that my goal as a coach is to be out of business as a coach right i feel that if you become self aware if you are able to tap into your own inner wisdom find the answers that you are looking for that is the most sustainable way of living your best life coaching is a temporary solution and that's exactly how i tell my clients as well that don't form that dependency on me because that doesn't work in the long run it has to be something that you become dependent independent and that is a hard sell in today's world where everybody wants instant gratification where i tell them you know what you have to journal every single day you have to do the work you have to get your hands dirty and do it i'm not going to give you a magic pill that will change your life tomorrow so getting acceptance of that and realizing that that is not also going to happen overnight because whether i like it or not the market has things that say that change your life in 7 days you know have this morning routine and your life turns around we have those kind of things that keep coming in right so telling authentically and finding a way wherein you're conveying the message that is actually true to you and being okay with the fact that you're not going to have that million dollar six figure enterprise tomorrow I think it the game of patience was challenge. At one point of time you have to choose between what's your priority. You want to have a uh, soulful clients who value you, who respect you for the work for the transformation you are bringing. Vis-a-vis you are just having more money but less of impact. So what it is that matters for you most. And uh, I'm so glad that you talk about that uh, even before knowing that what you are selling you have to work on yourself so it was easy to hide behind someone else's brand but when you are the brand when you are the business yourself things are very different so can you talk to us a little bit more about what were the kind of things that you had to do in order to get comfortable selling your brand and uh, your personality and uh, your business Absolutely right I think I see that with a lot of my solopreneur or entrepreneurial coaching clients as well that we are all very focused on the external things right get your website in place get yourself listed on Amazon Shopify and all of those things make your social media happen this 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 do 20 reels in a month and all of those things right we are we are very out there in terms of things we need to do and accomplish and get those awards in place but what about who's showing up who's the person showing up for the business i think that we give very little attention to it and what we don't realize is that that person is calling the shots especially in solopreneurs right and that's when even that's a realization that even i had that if i didn't take care of myself if i did not understand my insecurities and if i did not catch myself before i reacted all of those affected my business i was the business right so unless you work on yourself you make yourself into some shape and form of being whole and then go out in the world all of your actions are not as effective as you want them to be right so you know i work with social media i mean you know i work with entrepreneurs who believe that they have to show up on social media no matter what but they never realize that how much it drained them right they never started to question saying that how can i change my relationship with social media in a way that works for me and my business just because 100 other people are doing it doesn't mean that you do the same things so understanding yourself understanding what is your strengths and areas that can actually be leveraged and then choosing what to do in the outer world 
is very different than doing 100 things in the out of world and burning yourself out and i think the reason you know it it, it changed the game for me as well because uh, i was also completely out there because i thought instagram was the way to go everybody i knew was on instagram and that's where i needed to build my business if you see even now there are some 900 posts i've made on instagram can you imagine the amount of time i have spent doing that while i don't regret it what i didn't realize in the process was that i was burning myself out it took a lot out of me to show up that way and it didn't really convert to anything significant because how many of them really buy your business after watching a reel yes yes that that's a that's a great point in fact that is something which i wanted to put across you uh, as well because you are a writer and you are so good with words they are magical your messaging your posts your website it somehow has a very spiritual and a calming effect to it because of course that's the space you uh, come with but uh, but then like you said that uh, there also has to be an aspect of conversion or sales and it doesn't happen if you don't come up uh, or show up uh, authentically so whenever you are creating your content be it on podcast be it on social media or blogs or whatever it is how do you make sure that how much of it is sales driven or call to action driven how do you ensure or is it not the objective what's what's your take on it so the way i see it and, and this is something i learned the very hard way right so when i started initially when i started in my setting up my coach practice i would give a call to action to almost every post right thinking that that's going to convert my sales i would sell 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 regardless of whether they all added up in any form until i realized that hey this doesn't work right and people need to trust you first no matter what business you're doing you need to have that trust that hey there is something that resonates with this person and it works right and in my case the podcast was already doing that job for me right the people who listen to the podcast would have resonated at some level which is why they found me on socials and had a connect with me or had a conversation with me on some level right so i think it is important what i realized at least in the process was that if you approach content creation with the goal of just pure play sales it doesn't work my approach to creating my podcast even before the business model happened made a lot more sense for me which i realized later that is you give value you provide value for the sake of providing value if it converts brilliant if it doesn't convert find other offline sources of network right don't substitute online conversions for your business model because what i've realized is that see what we do is that we look at top influencers in every space right oh that coach does a video every single day and he gets conversions so let me also do that it took him a long time to get there and maybe the time when they started and the time when you're starting is very different which means your chances of online discovery are very very less the person i mean half the people i interview who are suddenly viral they tell me that i don't even know what made me go viral right it is that random a process and are you really working towards getting that random process for you that doesn't make any sense right so what is my strategy is that i get clients through my offline connections and my conversations maybe one in 1000 will happen through online which is great i welcome it i i'm working towards it but that is not my source of bread and butter my source of bread and butter is offline channels where i show up i connect i network with people and connections through which they work and obviously word of mouth helps and also don't spend all your time creating content for that because you need to have other strategies of revenue so 
I would say that, and maybe because I've seen this in the space of freelance content writers and everything, right? All of them are spending hours on LinkedIn, not honing their craft, not reaching out to prospective clients and are worried as to where they're going to hit their numbers from. Likes is not equal to money in your bank account. Let's make that very, very clear. So create content for the sake of providing value because that matters to you at some level. Think of it long term. Don't think of it converting into money in the month or two months or three months. Build a brand over a period or a decade, right? Uh, it will pay out. At some point, I, I'm sure it will pay out. But don't rely on it paying out for your business today. Have a stream of cash flows and be sensible about money. That's so important because even if word of mouth or uh, offline connections is the mainstream of bringing in the money, everyone is going online to check you out, your digital avatar, your credibility. And that's when the valuable content that you've created through whatever channel of uh, your choices, whether social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, podcast, whatever it is, people are checking out your credibility through that branding and the content that you have created. And if that is value first, then definitely you've uh, made your preference there. So thank you so much. It's been such a lovely and insightful conversation, uh, Shweta. Just one last question before we conclude. What's your message to all the women entrepreneurs listening to Ace the Sales? How can they fall in love with selling? What a powerful question. <laughs> I think first thing I'll probably say is understand yourself first before you start selling. Understand yourself, understand your motives. Remember why you're starting and why you're doing and be very clear about who you are and who you need to be for the business, right? Once you have that self-awareness and self-knowledge, the second thing I would say is that identify your style of sales, right? So for example, as an introvert myself, I am very, very of pushy salesy people, right? I usually do not engage because I can't engage and it doesn't make. And the first thought when I started my coaching practice was that, oh my God, do I have to be like that? Do I have to tell the world that, you know, I am the best person in the world? Come and learn from me. You know, I will change your life, touch my hand and you'll be transformed. So for me, it was the biggest thing because that didn't sit well with who I was at all. So identifying what is your style of sales and how can you be true to yourself in a way that it doesn't drain you, but actually energizes you, right? So having this conversation is energizing for me. Am I also doing work for my brand? Yes, because you it's going to reach the people who are listening to Ace the Sales who probably have never heard of being miraculous. But is it in a way where it's meaningful for me and you? Yes, right? So you can sell in a way that makes sense. Three, I would say, put yourself out there. I know too many women who are trying to learn get to know more things, sign up for this course, sign up for that course because they feel they don't have all the information they need and who never act, right? So stop collecting information and start acting. Act with whatever knowledge you have as on date and iterate. Go out there, sell, iterate the process. What worked? What didn't work? How can I do it better? And I'll probably say, don't uh, hesitate in asking for help. You're not alone in the process in terms of figuring out what you need to do and how do you need to go about it. There are many people who have already figured it out. Ask for help. And you'll be surprised at the number of times people actually more than happily help you out. And this is a lesson I had to learn also because, like I said, I was that independent. I'll figure it out all for myself. I'll learn it the hard way kind of a person until I realize why I'm being stupid, right? A LinkedIn message to somebody who's already been there and done that is telling you, hey, these are three things I tried. It didn't work. These are three things that worked. Try from there. You, you can, it's, the learning curve is much faster. So eat that pride, swallow that pride, whatever you have to do. 
uh, it, there is no harm in asking for help and actually doing the work that you want to do faster, right? Remember your why again and again. Remember, why why does what you do matter? And if it does matter, you should get all the resources and support you need to make it happen and make it happen faster. There's no reason or pride in doing the hard way. So, yeah. Absolutely. So beautifully said that if your why is big enough, no amount of limitations can come in the way of uh, doing it. So beautiful, uh, Shweta. Thanks for such lovely conversation. And thanks for the beautiful pointers that you've given for women to fall in love with selling. And uh, yes, everyone, please, listeners of Ace Says, go to Being Miraculous as well. It's a lovely, lovely podcast. You'll enjoy it and connect with uh, Shweta from the links that we've given in the show notes. Pleasure to have you, Shweta, on this podcast. Thank you so much for being here. that's a wrap thank you so much for listening to today's episode if you found any value in today's episode then remember to recommend ace the sales podcast to at least one of your business buddies you never know what insight they will get that can help them in their business so do some good karma today finally a loud shout out and thank you to the production team of done for you podcast who helped me in bringing this show to you if you too are looking to start your podcast for the business, get in touch with DFIP from the link given in show notes. Join me in the next episode for yet another conversation that can help you fall in love with selling. Till then, take very good care of yourself. This is your host, Roshni Baronia, signing off.